the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. Actually, just after 4. Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for listening in. How you doing? saying a couple minutes out after four out of habit, but we haven't had the news going for a little bit here, so it's really four, not a couple minutes after four, but it doesn't matter that much. Hey, some sun the rest of the afternoon, getting cloudy, maybe a shower this evening, 86 today's high, down to 65 tonight, do keep an eye out because that shower could become a couple showers, could be a thunder shower, could be a couple thunder showers, there's a flash flood watch. In effect, till 2 a.m. for portions of PA and Jersey. Hopefully, it will not be anything near what we had last week. I don't think it's supposed to be, but do keep an eye out for that. Then, still some uh, thunder shower possibility, uh, activity possible overnight. Kind of cloudy the balance of tomorrow. A lot cooler tomorrow's high, 76. Phillies lost 10 nothing to Milwaukee yesterday. The day after, I think they won 12 to nothing. It's just kind of back and forth. Wow, it's, uh, I don't know how you. <laughs> You flush that and you keep moving. Uh, Phillies manager Joe Girardi on what happened with Aaron Nola, who was on the mound for the Phils last night. Yeah, I mean, we look at everything. You know, obviously, he does a good job of picking off Kane, and then we don't make the play up the middle, and it leads to three runs. Two extra outs we gave him tonight led to a lot of runs for them. So, I mean, he threw the ball pretty well. I mean, he probably should have given up two, and maybe if we make that play, he doesn't give up any in that inning. He continues to roll, but I thought he threw the ball okay tonight. But he just made some mistakes up in the zone out of the stretch a little bit. Aaron Nola on what happened in that third inning. They battled me. I mean, felt like three fifteen pitches to uh, Escobar right there. You know, he just kept fouling pitches off. And, you know, saying Gallich worked the count pretty good. He got the pitch hit. I mean, Flowers, the back curveball. I mean, I don't know. The whole season, it's you know, one inning. That's, I mean, for the most part, one inning. That's erupted on me. Yeah, you know, I thought I made some, some okay pitches that inning. They just don't hold. It's baseball. Phillies pitcher Aaron Nola will try to get back on track tonight at 740. Kyle Gibson on the mound for the Phillies. And speaking of baseball, Hall of Fame ceremony is happening today. Derek Jeter, longtime Yankee, 20 years with the uh, Yankees. And Ted Simmons, who I remember growing up watching him play and at least following him through his baseball cards with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers and uh, St. Louis Cardinals. I'm not sure if he played for any other teams. Larry Walker, also with the Colorado Rockies, Montreal Expos. Marvin Miller, the executive director of the Major League Baseball Players Association, widely considered by many as one of the most important figures in baseball history with his uh, management and, and union's uh, you know, role that he had in, in pro sports, and sp- you know, specifically baseball. So that's all happening. Usually, I guess, Hall of Fame ceremonies are in July, and a couple of those folks were elected, I think, three years ago or two years ago. Then they didn't get to have the ceremonies, and, and then they delayed it this year. So it's finally happening. I got a chance to meet Derek Jeter once when I was covering the 2009 World Series up in New York uh, when I was covering the Phillies back then. And, of course, the Phillies lost that year four games to two to the Yankees. But 
Uh, it was kind of it, it was pretty iconic to to there be there on media day, and you're in uh, this great hall where the Yankee players were on these podiums, small little podiums because there's so much media. We'd hold our recorders up. It gave it gave it easier chance to get to the person and actually get some audio. I'll see if I could dig some of that up sometime. I have a lot of interviews from over the years, or at least some media opportunities. I remember Mariano Rivera, the great closer for the Yankees, who's also a solid Christian, uh, had a chance to talk to him and try to think of who else would have been on the team back then. Uh, Mark Teixeira might have been on the team. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure who else. But anyhow, Derek Jeter, 20 years with one team also is not very common in any sport. Major League Baseball's had a, a few players who have done that. And... Uh, I think Brooks Robinson played 23 years for the Orioles, and there are a couple others who. Uh, Carl Yastrzemski, great outfielder for the Yankees, or for the uh, Red Sox, <laughs> Yankees, for the Red Sox, 23 years for him, too. So, anyhow, that's uh, happening today. I had a chance to be, I don't know if you've ever been up to Cooperstown. The other Cooperstown angle I have on this is uh, when my son Toby was 12, he played in a tournament. They have uh, baseball tournaments there week long where you go with your, your travel team, you play for a week, a bunch of teams against a bunch of other. Uh, you know, from other parts of the country, and and uh, and you just have a, a, a super time. It really they have, like, they have 22 identical mini stadiums, all with 200 foot fences, and they're they all. It's like a little city, and it's just a, a really neat time. Uh, one of one of the best times I've ever had. Uh, just watching my son play ball, you know. So it's and you don't have to go to Cooperstown for that to to happen. But if you ever get the chance, or if your child's on the younger side of things, uh, look into that. I know there's a Cal Ripken kind of a situation also um, down south a bit. And so anyhow, it's it's fun. I, I've always enjoyed watching my kids play ball, whether it's baseball or softball or soccer. Get a cup of coffee, sometimes videotape, and show the kids afterwards. Here's what you did, and here's what, you know whatever. Or, did you get that on camera, Dad? So I have lots of lots of that kind of footage too, and have coached the kids over the years, which is a pleasure. Don't do it every year, but have have done that enough times to to enjoy that as well. So uh, today I wanted to uh, kind of do a – I do this every once in a great while, but I wanted to present the program to you and give you a cross-section of what this show is about. I meet people all the time, people I haven't seen for a while. What are you doing these days? I mentioned the, the show on the station here and working here for the last few years. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And so – the gist of this program, if, you, if this is the first day you're ever listening to this hour, the gist of this hour is that we're hoping to help you as, as you're listening in. We hope the program is a help to you. And the best way we can help you is by pointing you to Jesus Christ. As it says in probably the most well-known verse in all of Scripture, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so that applies to anybody who's listening. And so we encourage you, whether you know Christ already as you, and you made him your Lord and Savior, or whether you have not, to, to listen in. We hope if you have, you're encouraged in your walk. And if you have not accepted him yet, that you would give that consideration, strong consideration, and to accept him into your life. And so uh, that's the best way we think you could be helped by this program. Now, there are other ways we like to help you. It could be through an interesting interview. It could be through prizes we give away. It could be just some laughter you know, along the way. We'll have some theme days and we'll have call-in days and stuff like that. But we hope that you come away better for having listened. So today, I, wanna, I have a whole bunch of clips, like 30 seconds to a minute, minute and a half, two minutes long, to give you an idea of who, the, as far as the guests who've been on the program, the wide variety of guests, so you have an idea of the of the scope of things. Many of the guests we have on this station, 
on, on this program are Christians, and you'll get that directly from what they're saying. And then there's some others who may or may not be. We may not know that. It might just be someone who, uh, you know, in fact, they just put out an application for someone from the Food Network who's a, a master chef. And so I'm not sure what he believes, except I know he's an amazing chef, and he's going to be uh, maybe on with us next week just talking about his cookbook and some recipes, and maybe you'll learn something from that. So that's an example of the kind of guests we may or may not have uh, on the program, and I'll give a couple of those clips for you this hour as well. Before I get into that, just one other quick thing to throw you uh, throw at you. We have now 33 folks who have stepped up to help out with the Voice of the Martyrs Project, which is looking to provide Bibles for the persecuted church around the world. Dolores in Burlington, New Jersey, Lana in Spring City, Randy in Philadelphia, David in Bridgeport, and Charles in Elmer, New Jersey, the latest batch of folks to help out. Thank you so much to each of you. And while we are hoping to have lots and lots of Bibles go out, the number we're focusing on is one, you. Would you call in or go to our site and say, I'll do a Bible or two. They're six bucks a piece. And the whole point of it, in addition to getting the word of God in the persecuted church's hands, is to also help build a connection between you and I and the part of the world where the church and the body of Christ is persecuted. We had Todd Nettleton on yesterday. He's with the Voice of the Martyrs radio program, which I highly recommend Sunday mornings at 9. He said, you know, it's not like the persecuted church is over there and we're a different church. We're all part of the same body. So let's grow a little more connected at least. And and, and while it may not be easy, you know, some of the folks we're talking about are, are in jail. It's not like we're going to do a jailbreak. But we could perhaps get the Word of God in someone in jail's hands to help encourage them while they are there, and many other ways, too. So don't discount the power of the Word of God, even though it's only a $6 thing. Don't think, ah, whatever, it doesn't matter. It absolutely matters, and it's a wonderful thing. So we've had 33 folks say, I'm, I'm in. And again, whatever you do is up to you. But I'd love to see that number, as we say, uh, you know, grow higher, the, bigger, the, draw the circle bigger. The number to help out is 800-279-1969, 800-279-1969, again, 800-279-1969, or you can help out right on our homepage, the banner's there, simply at WFIL.com, The Voice of the Martyrs is where you can click through and do a Bible for $6 or, again, whatever else you want to do. We'll take our first break, come back in just a moment with more. It's Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thank you for listening in today. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 412, The Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for tuning in. Yesterday, I mentioned uh, and asked for folks to pray for a uh, friend of mine who lost her son over the weekend in a car accident, and it's still obviously very fresh, and I appreciate your prayers for that. I played some songs yesterday, one after the other, that had to do with um, grief and loss and sadness and God's comfort, um, and I read a couple of verses. There was one I actually wanted to make sure I put out there. I, did, I forgot yesterday, but it certainly applies, whether you're dealing with the loss of a loved one or something else. And simply Psalm 147, verse 3, and it says, uh, The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 147, 3, The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So I want to encourage you with that. 
uh, I texted that to my friend, and uh, that's something that it's very short, sweet, powerful. It acknowledges there are broken hearts for different reasons. It indicates God will heal and that he will bind up the wounds. He will bring you back together. It often could be a process, but that he will do that. And so be encouraged by Psalm 147, verse 3. So as we proceed here on our fine broadcast today, let's get into some clips from different interviews we've had, not just this year, but in the last year or two. This program actually started three years ago this week, which is pretty neat. And uh, if I have a chance before the show is done, I'll dig back even further into the archives. There's lots to pick from. We've had, I don't know, four or 500 different guests over the last several years. One of them, Alan Jackson, who is uh, host of the Alan Jackson Ministries program. That's uh, weekdays each, you know, each weekday morning at six. And we had him on the show earlier this year to talk about simply the goal of his ministry. He's a pastor in Texas, or, sorry, pastor in Tennessee, and is on the air uh, in other stations across the country, including WFIL here in Philadelphia. This is Alan Jackson. Well, I think first and foremost, you know, I, I'm conscious that my goal isn't to try to convince anybody I'm smart. Our goal is to get to know the Lord better. In fact, I find that I'm a more effective leader if people listen to me and they think, you know, he's not very far ahead of me. Because if they feel like you're just a half a step ahead of them, they'll usually take that half a step to catch up. And while they're moving, I'll take another half step. And before long, we've traveled the journey together. And so, you know, you, I, can always, I tell the church, you always know I don't know what I'm talking about when I use big words. Because if it's something I understand, I can explain it to a third grader. And ministry to me, you know, when I, when I think about the congregation, it's, I, I grew up in a rural setting, and it feels like uh, I, I used to take care of horses or I had gardens I was responsible for. So it feels like I'm tending a garden. And, you, you know, the, the, what's needed changes from day to day. Some days it needs more moisture. Some days you need to, to pull the weeds. Some days you need to stake up the vines because the fruit's getting so heavy. And our, our lives are constantly changing. And we need to have a God perspective that gives us strength in the day. I think it's destructive to tell people that one or two God experiences define your whole life. I believe in being born again. I believe in being baptized in water. But I believe we have to continue to grow day after day. And I love making that journey with people and talk to, you know, what are you learning now? What's God, what's he doing in your life now? What are the challenges you have today? And how do you need to know God in a new way today? I don't want to have an argument about healing. You call me when you're sick and you won't want to argue. We'll just pray together. And so I'm pretty hard to draw into an argument about theological nuance. If, if we can disagree on something and we can both still go to heaven, I will extend a hand of fellowship. It doesn't mean I'm soft on sin. It just means I don't want to spend my life in a theological debate. I love helping see people gain momentum in knowing the Lord better. It's Alan Jackson, not to be confused with the country music singer, which is A-L-A-N Jackson. This is Alan, A-L-L-E-N Jackson. Alan Jackson Ministries. You can catch that broadcast each weekday morning at 6. A little later on in the morning at 10, you can catch A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. He used to come to Philadelphia every now and again for the Harvest Crusades, and he's been on WFL for many years, not only at 10 in the morning, but also you can catch A New Beginning at 7 each evening. Uh, we've only had him on one time. We, we try to have uh, pastors on as, as on the speakers on the shows that you hear on the station uh, as often as we can, usually it's once a year at most because they're very busy folks, but we want to welcome them and, and make that available to them. And uh, Pastor Greg Laurie is certainly a very busy guy, but uh, we had the chance to have him on 
when he had his new book out, Billy Graham, The Man I Knew. You may remember, if you've listened to the station, that we have been giving away over the last couple of years the different books that Pastor Laurie has written. Uh, There was one on Steve McQueen, there was one on Johnny Cash, and we also gave away the Billy Graham book. And so Greg Laurie here on the conversation uh, on how he decided to name this most recent book, Billy Graham, The Man I Knew. Uh, It's not like I said on said I'm going to write three books on three well-known people, but it sort of just came together. But the original working title for this book was, because they were American icon was the theme, Steve McQueen, The Salvation of an American Icon, Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. I was going to call this Billy Graham, The Making of an American Icon. And his son Franklin said, yeah, you know, I don't think daddy would like being called an icon. He says, why don't you just call it Billy Graham, The Man I Knew? So I said, that's a good idea. So I changed the title of the book. It was almost gone to print. So it was a last-minute change, but that's how the title came to be. But, you know, I, I just wanted to, I wanted to bring some things out that have not been in other biographies of Billy, uh, my own personal experiences with him, but also more about his childhood, more about his youth, more about his early days in ministry, because I want to introduce Billy to a younger audience that maybe have heard his name, but they know very little about this man. And, you know, that there's very few people that have come along and made the impact that he made. So I think there's a lot we can learn. And, and also I would add, he finished well. You know, he finished as a man of integrity with his reputation intact. And that matters especially in this day and age. That's Pastor Greg Laurie again from A New Beginning, weekday mornings at 10, also weeknights at 7, from uh, our conversation, I think it was June of this year, on his book, Billy Graham, The Man I Knew. Uh, Last summer, 2020, I think it was June of 2020, we had a couple of pastors in studio. We're talking Herb Lusk II, used to play for the Eagles, longtime pastor at Greater Exodus Baptist Church in Philadelphia, and his son Herb III, who currently hosts a program called The Legacy Project on WFIL Saturday afternoons at 2.30. And we had them in studio together. This is Herb II on five principles his dad taught him. My father, many years ago, uh, told me, build on these five principles and the world will come to you. Okay. And I said, Dad, what are they? Uh, and he says... Let me get a pen. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, don't allow anyone to beat you loving. Be a lover. God so loved the world, he gave love, folks, son. You were born in the South. You were born in segregation. You went to the colored bathroom. You went uh, to the back of the store. You had to sit up in the balcony when you went to the movies. You couldn't sit on the on the floor. You picked cotton, son. You got that stuff in your heart. Get it out. Don't let anybody beat you loving, son. Be a lover. Don't hate the beast so much you become the beast yourself. Number one, love. Wow. Number two, serve. You've been called to be a servant. So don't lord over people. Serve folk. Don't let anyone outwork you. That's what he really meant. And then number two, you've got to be a prayer warrior. God said, call on me and I will ask. Don't let anybody beat you praying. Call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. Number four, yeah. serve. You're gonna, now you're going to be a giver. You've got to give, son. You've got to be a giver. You've got to bleed. Well, if you're going to build a ministry, the first one that should bleed first is you. And so for the first two and a half years of Greater Exodus, I wasn't even on salary. I did what I had to do to keep that church going. And then last but not least, son, you're going to come up in a world where people don't believe nothing. 
He said, right now, we still believe Bible. He says, you're going to come up in the air where you're going to have to train people to believe all over again. You've got to trust God's word. You've got to be involved in theology and, and more so than doxology. See, the people now imagine in doc, they want to praise, but they don't know who they're praising. He says, make sure that you have doctrine. And so those are the five principles under which I built my family. And this, look at this boy. Look at this, I'm sorry, this man. Yes. Look at what he's doing. He's still your boy. But, but yeah. it's just based upon, yeah, he, you're my boy. He'll always yeah. be based, upon, boy. based upon those principles. Yeah. Look, 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 look at what had happened with the church and look at what only God knows where this, where this young man is going to go. Amen. But those principles were the beginning of it all. That's Herb Lusk the second with Herb the third in studio as well. Love, serve, pray, give, and uh, teach theology, doctrine. Make sure you're grounded in those things. Don't let anybody beat you at those. And uh, enjoyed having Herb the second and third in studio. And Lord willing, we'll get to have them in again. If you're just tuning in, it's the Tim DeMoss Show. And today it's the... Uh, Three-year anniversary, one day this week. I really can't – I can't remember exactly which day it was. I think it was a – it might have been a day or two ago. But today, at least, I wanted to take some time – maybe I'll even do it again in the near future – just to give you a cross-section of what this program's about. Uh, Pastor Lusk in there mentioned John 3.16, and I mentioned at the top of the show. That's a lot about what this program's about. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him – should not perish, but have eternal life. So whether you know him already or have heard about him but haven't accepted him into your life, the offer is there. And and uh, the work of God is this, Scripture says, to believe in the one he has sent. So it's, uh, it is a command to come to him, but you have the option. So he's not going to force you, but it's not just kind of like, well, if you feel like it. So be encouraged to strongly consider it. We hope this program encourages you, if, for those who know him already in your walk and for those who have not, to consider and listen in even if it's in the privacy, or especially even if it's in the privacy of your car or your home where you're listening through, maybe you feel more comfortable listening to the station rather than going into a church, perhaps, which is understandable. That's fine. Church could potentially be intimidating. Hopefully at church we're welcoming newcomers and not sitting in our, our season ticket seats, which is easy to find yourself drifting to, right? The same spot every week. I'm, I'm, in the, sa- I'm the same way. Uh, Alistair Begg from Truth For Life, which is coming up here at 5 o'clock and also is, I think, it's 5.30 each weekday morning. Uh, was on with us. He had a book out called Brave by Faith. And this is a little bit more of our conversation today with Alistair Begg. Well, I think I was at the tail end of, in, in my childhood, at the tail end of the, um, the great move amongst uh, uh, people in Scotland at the end of the 19th and the beginning of the 20th century. I think that uh, areas of revival in Scotland and the lingering impact of that revival was still, if you like, in the air and part of things when I was growing up. But those days are long gone in Scotland now as well. And so many of my friends who are involved in pastoral ministry there are fighting, you know, an uphill battle along the lines we're speaking about now. And many of them in rural areas have very tiny congregations. And if they were to look to numbers as the indicator of their effectiveness, then they would feel themselves to be dreadful failures. But we have to remind ourselves constantly that, you know, we plant and we water, that uh, God makes things grow, that he has a plan and a purpose that extends beyond our lifetime and right up until the time when he returns in power and in great glory and when he brings to completion 
uh, all that he has purposed. And we have to hold on to that, and we have to instill that in the generations that come behind us. Uh, and we don't want to end up like, you know, a spiritual version of the two old guys on the Muppets. You know, that guy <laughs> Statler and Waldorf, I think it is. He just, he just sit up on the balcony and complain about everything and heckle everybody and, and just basically they've got a comment on everything, and none of it is really very helpful. And there's a real danger that the more we age the more we take on that persona. And uh, it's, not, it's not helpful to us as individuals, and it's not as an experience for people who are around us. That's Alistair Begg. We had him on a few months back talking about his newest book, Brave by Faith. And again, you can hear him on the Truth For Life radio broadcast each weekday following this show at 5 and weekday mornings at 5.30. Parenthetically, uh, you know, I love the reference. In fact, this little clip here is, is labeled Muppets comment. But uh, it's neat to hear that these pastors, Alan Jackson, had, played for you so far, Greg Laurie from A New Beginning, Herb Lust II, who I believe had a program on the station as well a number of years ago, all have a sense of humor, you know? So if anything, if you're a believer, you should have a great sense of humor and uh, be careful to you know take God seriously, but not yourself. Seriously, because it's easy to get the, that twisted and, and backwards. In fact, sometimes take yourself too seriously and forget what God's actually saying. So uh, in any case, if you're just tuning in, it's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. And today I'm just playing some clips for you, what this program's about. Got a bunch more to throw at you. And um, this first segment, just kind of giving you an idea of the, the programs that are on WFIL. There are several dozen. And so we're constantly in contact with the ministry to say, hey, is so-and-so available? We'd love to have them on sometime. Sometimes it ties in with something they're already doing, like a book. Sometimes it's just a, a check-in. Hey, and there's, there's actually a standing invitation to all, all the different ministries to be able to say, look, if you have something on your heart you want to share, call in. We'll have you on five, 10 minutes. Even if it's something simple, we're glad to do that. Jim Daly from Focus in the Family, which is on each weekday, 7 a.m., also 8.30 p.m., has joined the program a number of times. He has an amazing story, uh, and this is just a very quick clip of him explaining his family background. It's not someone, you would not expect someone who's running uh, Focus on the Family in charge of it as their president per se. You would think maybe he had this super solid background and he eventually graduated to this position of authority and, and, and privilege in a good way to, to lead the, the Focus on the Family ministry. But here's Jim's quick background, and he does it very well. For me, I just remember the Lord settling my heart, the orphan kid. I lost my family when I was five. My dad and mom divorced, and then my mom died when I was nine. Our stepdad walked out. I was in foster care. Then I lived with my bio dad for a year. He died, and I ended up junior high and high school living with my brother, who was married to his teen bride. So, I mean, it, wow. you know, in some ways, the Lord just comforted my heart and said, I've, I've given you just about every family type to live in. So you have the experiential PhD. Um, hmm. but, but, you know, they both have worked so well together. And Focus, I'm so grateful to even have the opportunity to turn my pain into that passion of ministry. And the Lord was gracious to open that door for me. And it's been a, the thrill of my life to lead Focus on the Family after Dr. Dobson. And, uh, you know, we just continue to help families do better. I think so much of the family is the key to a stable culture a, a, a good life, if I could say it that way, God's shalom, his peace mm. in your life. Uh, a family, a stable family is the beginning of that. That's Jim Daly from Focus on the Family. That was from, I think, December of 2020. The podcast, by the way, of all these different interviews 
or on our homepage at WFIL.com, where you're welcome to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and have them come to you. Simply type in Tim DeMoss Show wherever you get your podcasts. Last name spelled D-E-M-O-S-S, as in Sam. Focus on the family you probably have picked up on uh, if you've listened to the station for any length of time. Has a lot going on. They try to serve the entire family in many different ways. One of them, which I love a lot, is their plugged-in ministry. Adam Holtz was on with us. And just here's quickly what uh, the the plugged-in part of Focus on the Family is all about. Well, I'm the director of Plugged In, and Plugged In is Focus on the Family's media discernment website. We review movies, music, TV, video games, books, YouTube channels, and technology. And our goal is to give parents everything they need to make a good decision about what's appropriate for their family in terms of entertainment and technology, and also to equip you and to encourage you with a biblical worldview. So, I mean, in addition to just, you know, how much content does a certain show or game or or movie have in it, we want to help people begin to think in a biblically and critically oriented way toward what we're consuming and how it's shaping us and how it may be shaping your kids. So that is what Plugged In is about. That's Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In. We go to that site all the time when we're considering what to watch. It gives you some insight and perspective. And as an example, just a little other piece of the conversation we have with Adam, I think this is the first week of June, so the information here is a bit dated, but it's talking about summer releases. So this is the kind of thing I hope to have Adam on again this fall to kind of also give you some helpful information as you sort through different things. Space Jam, which is if you saw Space Jam with... uh Michael Jordan back in the day. This one is with LeBron James. So LeBron James plays basketball against cartoons with cosmic consequences at stake. I'm hoping that they don't uh, try to throw too many wink, wink, nod, nod, you know, illusions in there. But hopefully it's not any worse than that. And that comes out July 16th in theaters and on HBO Max. Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, pretty self-explanatory. A new G.I. Joe movie uh, comes out July 28th in theaters. Jungle Cruise is Disney's next big live action movie that comes out July 30th. And, you know, just like they did, you might have thought, how on earth could they turn Pirates of the Caribbean into a movie? Well, they had no problem turning it into five of them. They're doing the same thing with Jungle Cruise, which is uh, Emily Blunt and The Rock, I believe. And then uh, Respect, which is the Aretha Franklin story, comes out August 13th. And I expect that to be pretty gritty because Jennifer Hudson is playing her. She's amazing. Uh, Aretha Franklin had a crazy life, so uh, we'll have to see what the rating on that is. But I think if you're into that kind of story, uh, and obviously she was a person of of deep faith, and some really horrible things happened to her too. So I'm actually looking forward to that one. And that when is that one again? August. That's August 13th. So that's Adam Holtz from Focus on the Family's Plugged In feature. So we'll take a quick break here, come back, and give you some other. Uh, types of sound clips. The first set we've done here have all been revolving around pastors and speakers who you would hear on WFIL in some capacity or or something connected to those different ministries. And there are many more that we've had the opportunity to. Again, the podcasts are at WFIL.com. We're looking forward to shifting our gears into music and authors and a few things coming up here in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you for tuning in today. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL. Email Timmy D at WFIL.com. AM five sixty WFIL.com on the app. That's Jordan Feliz, the guy with the hat. 
and uh, the song The River. They had Jordan on the program last December when his latest album came out called Say It. And if you remember, we gave copies of that away with WFIL's Rewards Club. And we played the song Glorify for a while on the program. This is Jordan on the song you just heard there on The River. Yeah, so The River the river was actually the first song I ever put out. And it was kind of one of those things, man. It was, it was just an anomaly. <laughs> um, it's like we put the song out and it's the first thing I ever released to radio ever. It went for like 15 weeks at number one. Wow. So uh, <laughs> it was just one of those moments where I think everybody was just like, whoa, like what is going on? Um, it's, it's one of those songs that uh, we pulled. And being a believer, I actually have like the Bible app on my phone. Okay. And it, it sends me verses of the day. I had been kind of like in this season where I had been writing for this record, um, I'd also been working as a valet, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was parking cars. <laughs> yeah, it's valet with a V, not ballet with a B. Just to... Just yes, to... <laughs> yes, not, not B. <laughs> um, basically, really just kind of been working all the time. And so I woke up one day, and dude, you know how you can kind of just kind of read over stuff sometimes, and you, you end up kind of just like... It doesn't affect you really. It's like you read it, and then all of a sudden you kind of move on with your day. You kind of forget about it like yeah. an hour later. You sure, know? sure. Um, well, dude, I read this, and so I got the verse of the day, and it was John seven thirty eight, um, and it says, "He who believes in me will have rivers of living water that flow from within them." And for me, that just kind of hit me because it was just an interesting thing, um, and it's Jesus speaking. And so I was like, "Man, like this is crazy." And so. Um, I kind of brought it to two of my producers, and they both thought it was really cool. And I think a lot of people think that the song is about baptism, but it's actually about the Holy Spirit that resides within us um, and how it can make us new every single day. And so, man, the song just connected, and it's been a it's been it's been one of those songs that's uh, really driven my career, you know, for the last like four and a half years. So um, I'm super grateful for it. Again, that's Jordan Feliz on his song, The River. We had him on December of last year when we were giving away copies of his newest album, Say It. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL today, just playing a lot of clips from the past few years, more recent ones as it's, been, as it's turning out. I have a couple ones a little further back. I'm going to try and slip in here. But uh, as we celebrate three years ago this week, the program's starting. We hope the program is a blessing to you by pointing you to Christ, also helping you laugh, giving you a gift card every now and again, other prizes, and just an opportunity to call in, too. We're hoping to perhaps, as we head into year number four, uh, shift a little bit and to have some more opportunities for some theme days and just folks to call in and, and create that sense of community. It's certainly important to us. And... Um, uh, but the interview part is also a lot of fun, too, and we've had a lot of folks to good feedback, appreciating the, the different guests we have. Uh, most of the guests we have on the program are believers, but not all. I mentioned, I've mentioned that every now and again on the show. Uh, but uh, one of them, actually, and it's interesting, uh, Gunnar Nelson from the band Nelson was also a guest not long ago. They were, I think, at the Sellersville Theater, and we had him on in conjunction with that. I, When I was first really getting into radio uh, full-time, late 80s and early 90s, I was playing their debut album, which is called After the Rain. And they had a number one song called Can't Live Without Your Love and Affection. And uh, just just when I was talking with Gunner, I got this feeling like, I wonder where... I wonder, you know, you know, where he's coming from. And, and he was very gracious in the way he was speaking. Sometimes you can kind of read between the lines, and, and that doesn't always mean something. But 
it would not shock me if he and his brother, his twin brother, are believers. Uh, in any case, I had him on also simply because it's fascinating that his father, Ricky Nelson, from the 50s and 60s, primarily had 30 number or not 30, number one, 30 top 40 songs. That's still a lot. Uh, so Gunner, I'm going to play for you here in a second. But his grandparents were Ozzy and Harriet from the radio and TV show. His dad, uh, his grandfather, Ozzy, was actually a band leader and had a number one song called And Then Some. And then uh, the father, Ricky Nelson, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, had 30 top 40 hits, which was more than anybody in that time frame except Elvis and Pat Boone. Uh, they were a Traveling Man and Poor Little Fool with those two songs. And then Gunner and his twin brother, Matthew, the number one song, Can't Live Without Your Love and Affection. So they're the only three generation, we all have a number one song to our credit, family in music history. And uh, when we had uh, Gunner on the program, he simply talked just a little bit about his grandparents, Ozzy and Harriet. And obviously the pairing between Ozzy and Harriet was just, it was like Burns and Allen. It was just really, really natural and, and really cool. And the thing that set their show apart in the 50s from any other show, all the other shows had the, the patriarch. The father figure was the one who had it all figured out. He was the one that would kind of talk down to the kids and all this stuff. Like shows like Father Knows Best would follow in that formula. But Ozzy and Harriet was different because Ozzy was always the one who was falling off the roof. Ozzy was the one who always put himself in situations where he was the bumbling fool and Harriet was the one that had it all together. And it, and it was really kind of like the, the self-effacing humor that never talked down to anybody was a very comfortable place for people to spend their Wednesday nights. And, and, and a generation of Americans coming out of World War II really considered the Nelson family their surrogate family. And, and Ozzy just loved that. He, he thought that was a wonderful thing. That's Gunnar Nelson from the uh, band Nelson, again on the Tim DeMoss Show, playing clips for you today. On the music world, one other quick clip for you. We, if you've listened uh, over the last year, several years, we've had a really good relationship with the folks at The Voice. And during that the, that competition, Blake Shelton and uh, Kelly Clarkson and John Legend now, I guess, and uh, Nick Jonas has been. Uh, ben Adam Levine from Maroon 5 before that. Um, so we've had a lot of contestants right from the very beginning when that whole thing gets going, right up to the having the champion on at the very end. And one of the contestants who made it pretty far this past season, her name's Anna Grace. And just here's a little clip from our conversation with, with Anna Grace from her time on The Voice. Yeah, so I grew up in church, but it was never like a huge part of my life. And kind of straight away during high school, as a lot of people do. And so when I was 17, I got really, really sick. I got a blood infection, went into septic shock. I was in the hospital for like two months and I just remember sitting in the hospital being like, like, what am I supposed to do? Like the doctors can't figure this out and um, I'm not getting better. And really the only thing I had to turn to was my face. And so, you know, after that was over, I kind of was like, I, I want to go back to church. I think that would be like really good for me. And so I ended up going back and singing on Christmas Eve and kind of sharing a little bit of my story. And immediately the worship leader at my church was like, oh, I want you on the worship team. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, no, I can't do that. Um, and I ended up doing it and just that completely changed my life. You know, having my faith throughout that process and throughout this process is extremely important for me. And just I wouldn't even be here without you know, without my church and without my faith, it just wouldn't be possible. And so I'm really, really grateful for for that and for the support that I have with my church. And it's been a crazy ride, just, you know, the journey to, I had 
sepsis six times in total, which was just really hard <laughs> and a very scary thing to go through. But, you know, it brought me to where I am today. So I'm grateful for it. That's Anna Grace from The Voice. I think she made the, the final six or eight. Didn't win the whole thing, but got very far in the competition. It was great to hear uh, her testimony there and also to the experience of what The Voice was like. Podcasts of all these shows are at WFIL.com, so help yourself. A quick break. We'll give you a few more clips of what this fine broadcast is about day in and day out. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 449 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thank you to Andrea, becomes the 34th WFIL listener to help out in our partnership with the Voice of the Martyrs. If you want to help out, it's very simple. You can either go to our site, WFIL.com, and click on the Voice of the Martyrs banner banner with a $6 contribution to provide the cost of a single Bible. You can do more if you want, but one's great. Or you can call 800-279-1969. 800-279-1969. Again, as we seek to provide Bibles for the persecuted church around the world during the month of September, 34 listeners in. Let's keep adding to that total. The number that we're focused on is one. You. Will you pick up the phone or go to the site and help out? That'd be fantastic. We greatly appreciate that. And most importantly, putting the word of God in somebody's hands who could certainly use it, certainly use the encouragement, whether it's to use it for themselves, uh, him or herself, whatever the proper syntax there is, or to give to a neighbor. Yesterday, we had Todd Nettleton on from the Voice of the Martyrs. He actually said sometimes there's a, there's a dilemma that someone has a Bible, but their neighbor is uh, not a believer and they want to read it. Like, all right, well, you take it and then let's talk. So let's make that not a problem. Let's give as many Bibles as we can. But even just a lot of folks getting involved to help you feel connected, help me feel connected, even in a little way to the rest of the body of Christ in other parts of the world where things are much more difficult than maybe some of us are experiencing day to day. Today on the program, we're focused on just giving you some clips and a cross-section of what the show's about. Clearly Christian framework. We hope you feel that as you listen in. We don't want to blur any lines. We believe, believe the gospel, is, the word of God is, is solid. It's true. It's, it's the inerrant word of God, and we, we believe in it and in God's uh, – in his son, Christ. And so John 3.16 is a foundational verse to that. We also believe that the program can be a help to you in other ways, encouraging you, uh, perhaps giving you a prize, something fun, lighten your day, and all that. So different ways of doing it. And if you're not a Christian, we welcome you in to listen in and consider what you're hearing. And we sim- similarly welcome in guests who are not necessarily believers uh, for different reasons, just to build an initial bridge, just like you would in everyday life. Uh, and if, if Jesus came into this world as is then we should be able to hopefully be step into other people's lives and be available to them and love them as is and uh, not put r- rules and regulations on. You have to be careful. You have to guard your heart and all of those things. But you want to also be available just like, uh, just like Jesus came and said, here's, here's the deal. And if you accept him, you have eternal life. Um, we had Chris Matthews on from MSNBC. You will know him from the Hardball uh, program that he did for many, many years. And he traveled the world, did all kinds of reporting. We had him on in conjunction with the book that he had put, uh, put out. I think this was earlier this year. And here's just a snippet of our conversation with Chris Matthews. This country, my life in politics and history, and it's uh, my incredible adventures in life that I never got to show on TV all those years because, I mean, I was in Africa for two years. I was out there on my motorcycle, my 120 Suzuki out in the middle of nowhere, and I hitchhiked through Africa by myself 
all the way up to Kilimanjaro. I spent years working in, in politics inside with Jimmy Carter as a speechwriter, right on Air Force One to the end. We found out we lost. I was with Tip O'Neill in the back room fighting Reagan for six years. I was in Berlin as a reporter covering the fall of the Berlin Wall in South Africa for the first election. I was with Archbishop Tutu as he voted. I was in Northern Ireland for the uh, Good Friday talks. I've had an amazing life in politics, watching democracy at home and looking, watching people abroad wanting to find democracy, wanting to have it like we have it. Chris Matthews, and again, his book called This Country, My Life in Politics and History, and I believe he was born and raised here, or at least spent a lot of time in the greater Philadelphia area. Somebody else we had in the program, certainly local, which is another aspect of why we do this program, to have a, a local flavor. Uh, Senator Bill, K- uh, Bill Bob Casey, his father, of course, was the governor uh, for Pen- of Pennsylvania for a long time, and I asked Senator Casey, he was on when uh, the airport got a, a grant to help uh, improve the taxiways, and so we're just talking about that, but while I had him on, I asked him about his dad and his upbringing. I had what every child w- would hope to have, and I and tragically, it's not the case with every child. I, mean, I was one of eight children who had two parents who had a not just a good marriage, but a you might even call it a storybook marriage, the, the kind of marriage that, that people really strive for. Mm. And they're, you know, from day one, the values that they tried to instill in us were so formative in terms of my, my upbringing. So to have great parents, and in my case, to have been, been uh, educated by eight years of IHM nuns and then eight years of Jesuits, I was pretty fortunate because the combination of the values that my parents taught us, in addition to what the sisters and the, the Jesuit priests taught us, I think that any member of our family would say the same thing. I think in public service, though, would, my father was in public office, my mother was not. But uh, he wouldn't be there unless she were with him every step of the way. But she, he, I, what he put a, a premium on is honesty, ethical conduct. And that's something you've got to live up to every day. It's not as if you can be honest and ethical for one year and then, you know, take a couple of weeks off. You've got to you've got to earn the trust of the people every day. And that's a heavy burden on not just me, but any public official, because you've got to earn that every day. And if you fall short on one day, that can destroy a lot of that trust very quickly. So he uh, he placed a high premium on, on honest ethical conduct and did not have much tolerance for those who were not willing to go to the, you know, to achieve those high bars. That's U.S. Senator Bob Casey, um, who, you know, as he's speaking there, I'm just thinking, pray, pray for our our political leaders, you know. That's a, he said it's, a, it's not easy to do, especially when you're keeping track of so many different things and you want to see things through. Like that $7 million grant to the Philadelphia airport, uh, during the interview I said, I know you're not in charge of it and how it's spent and how it's all used, but at the same time, it's kind of under your, your watch. And so you want to make sure that you find out that it was used for what it was used for. And you have to have people in place and keep you updated and how it's going. So it's just a reminder to, to pray for our leaders, whatever level they are, from president down to you know local, for sure. Uh, speaking of local, also we had Lexi Stefani on the program. Uh, she's, with, she's a communications and policy officer at the Pennsylvania Family Council. And here's a little bit of our conversation with Lexi. Iceland as a country brags about eradicating Down syndrome, not because they found some cure, but because they literally abort 100% of children who have Down syndrome. And here in Pennsylvania, it's about 60 to 80% of children who have Down syndrome in the womb are aborted. And many families, I've talked to many women and couples who feel pressured from the medical community that they're doing something wrong if they choose to keep their child who has Down syndrome. And so we believe that a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome 
um, should not be a death sentence to an unborn child and that every life is worth living and, you know, just because you have an extra chromosome doesn't change that fact at all. So this would make it illegal to have an abortion simply because of Down syndrome. Lexi Stefani on the Tim DeMoss Show. One more, Attorney Jim Radmore, who you've heard on this station through the commercials that he has, including his auto-reference guide. My father was a went into the Marine Corps when he was uh, 17 and met my mom when they came back from Korea at a USO dance. She was a believer, and they had a uh, six-week courtship. They got married, and I was born 11 months later. I make sure I count the days. And they were um, kind of a funny story. He told her that he was 24 when he was only 21. (laughs) And they got married before he turned 21. And he had one of his Marine Corps buddies, because after he left Korea, he was stationed at the Naval Shipyard in Philadelphia, banging on the... They lived on a trailer, and a trailer at Medford Lakes, and banging on the door. But, you know, we want Jim to come out. And she said, will you guys be quiet? The baby sleeping, which was me. He said, no, come on. We got to let him out. It's his 21st birthday. She said, what do you mean, 21st birthday? He's 24 years old. And that's when she found out how old he was. So he, so I think that's when he became a believer yeah. because it was his choice. He either had to become a believer or had to find another trailer to live in. So I was raised in the church, and we were stationed in Washington. From here, we went to London. And we were in London until I was five, I guess, six. And I became a believer when I was five, when we came back to the States and were stationed in Washington, D.C. That's Attorney Jim Radmore. As we wrap up the program today, played a dozen different clips for you from pastors and authors and people on TV and all different in the music world to give you a cross-section again of what this program is about. We appreciate your prayers for the show. Podcasts are on our homepage. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Tim DeMoss Show. And we hope that, and pray that the program is a blessing to you and an encouragement. And if you pray for that, pray for us, we'd appreciate that very much as well. We'll look forward to doing it again tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks for listening in. Alistair Beck, Truth For Life, coming up in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.